0: So I stood before you last Sunday and began this sermon by saying what a tumultuous week it had been last week. And this past week really has not been much better, has it either? With uh, funerals for both citizens and police officers in different parts of our nation, the uh, terrorist attack in Nice, France, the attempted coup in Turkey, Our world seems to be spinning out of control, doesn't it? Hmm. We do live in uncertain and turbulent times, and yet it is the height of the summer when we travel. We go on vacation to visit family or friends. People come to visit us. Think family reunions, a week at the beach with everybody, getting together with all the relations. And a big part of this is hospitality, making guests comfortable, making sure everybody has what they need. But what about the people who never help? You got people like this in your family, too? <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. People who come and they're guests and they never lift a finger. They don't help with the meal prep or clean up afterward. But boy, they're sure there to eat those meals. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So in the midst of all this, uh, we've got 19 uh, youth and adult leaders who yesterday left for the National Youth Gathering down in New Orleans to join 25,000 other youth and adults for this National Youth Gathering. The hospitality for hosting such an event, that really kind of just boggles the mind, doesn't it? Hospitality. That is what we hear about in the scripture lessons for today. In that Old Testament reading from Genesis 18, Abraham and Sarah received those divine guests. We know them to be Father, Son, and Holy Spirit coming to visit Abraham and Sarah, making known that Sarah, this time next year, will have a son even at her advanced age. And in the gospel lesson we hear about Mary and Martha's hospitality in welcoming Jesus into their home. But as important as hospitality is, is there something even more important that needs to be lifted up? And that is what we will focus on in the message for today under the theme, serving and listening. May the Lord's rich and abundant blessing rest upon the preaching and the hearing and the living of his word for Jesus sake. I feel for Martha. Sometimes I am Martha, scary. Martha is a person who gets things done. She's probably, I'm guessing, the oldest sibling, hardworking, kind of a people pleaser. She invites Jesus into her home, and once Jesus is comfortably seated on the couch, she runs around to get the snacks and the drinks ready, probably throwing something into the crock pot for dinner, pulling out the best china, grandma's silver, because this is a special occasion. And she wants everything to be just right for her special guest. Is there anything wrong with that? No, not at all. Martha's sister Mary is different. She's into conversation, talking, listening. She's sitting on the floor there at Jesus' feet, engaging him in conversation, hanging on his every word. And that is where things start to unravel. Mary isn't helping Martha get things ready for dinner. All the prep is falling on Martha. Mary's just sitting there with Jesus, enjoying that one-on-one time with him. Is there anything wrong with that? No. Ever find yourself in a Martha-like situation in life? Mm Hmm, okay. If you have, then you know the storm clouds are gathering out there on the horizon and pretty soon that storm is gonna let loose. The timing was absolutely perfect at the joy service last night because as I was preaching this, it was getting darker and darker with that storm that did let loose. We don't have that today, I'm sorry to say. In modern psychological jargon, Martha is trying to triangulate Jesus. What does that mean? What it means is that rather than speak directly to her sister about her frustration, cause she's the one she's really angry with, who does Martha talk to instead? Who? Jesus, that's right. She talks with Jesus instead, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. And so you end up with a confused triangle of communication between three people instead of a direct line of communication between two people. And this is almost never a good thing. But it happens all the time, doesn't it? Sure, it happens in our lives as well. When we get frustrated and irritated with somebody, the temptation is to talk to everybody else except the person we're having trouble with. Don't do this take responsibility for your own feelings and speaking the truth in love in a constructive manner, talk with that other person, giving voice to your feelings. Note I said in a constructive manner. So how might Martha talk today? I thought a little bit about this. Maybe something like this. Lord, Mary is a slacker. Look at her. She's just sitting over there on the floor talking when there's work to be done. It's not fair. And what are you going to do about it, Jesus? Hmm. But Jesus refuses to get triangulated by Mary, or rather by Martha. He's not gonna get sucked into this drama of Martha's. What he does tell her is something quite different than what Martha was expecting to hear. Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but only one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. There will always be duties. There will always be responsibilities demanding our time and our energy, but you know, sometimes there is a greater more important opportunity staring us right in the face a relational opportunity a divine appointment that we dare not ignore this passage of scripture often gets cast with mary as the good girl and Martha as the bad girl. Mary made the good choice. Martha made the bad choice. We're supposed to be like Mary and not like Martha. I don't think that's how it goes. Because I've been around church dinners and events long enough to know that if you don't feed them and they come, things will get ugly real fast. Hospitality and serving are needed. That is a gift as well. If we look at the context of where this passage lies, it is smack dab in the middle between two other passages, the first of which deals explicitly with hospitality and serving. It's the parable of the Good Samaritan which we heard last Sunday. And Jesus ends that parable by saying what? You go and do likewise. You go and serve. You go and be that hospitable person to the person in need. The second passage which follows the story of Mary and Martha is Jesus teaching his disciples to pray. Giving them and us what we call the Lord's prayer. Thus lifting up the importance of prayer, of listening to the Lord, spending time with the Lord, meditation and reflection. Can it be that between these so-called polar opposites, it's not either or, but it's both and. It's not either hospitality or serving, or listening and prayer, it's both hospitality and serving, as well as listening, and prayer the problem comes when we get distracted and the word here in the original language of the new testament means to be pulled in two different directions that kind of sums it up and describes it well doesn't it and that's how it is and we're distracted we may be in this place but up here we're someplace else we're pulled in different directions the problem comes when we get distracted when we become anxious or troubled as Martha was Jesus was not condemning Martha's gift of serving he was not condemning her hospitality What he was doing was pointing out that her underlying distraction, her anxious and troubled spirit was taking her places that were not life giving. And if that was true for Martha, it's true for you and me today as well. Truth is, we can be just as distracted, just as anxious and troubled and hard in mind while we're in prayer, while we're listening to the Lord through his word. Maybe you're feeling pretty distracted right now as I'm standing up here preaching, right? This can happen with prayer and listening just as easily as it can with hospitality and serving. Whether we are engaged in hospitality and serving or in listening and praying, Jesus calls us to choose the good portion, that one thing needful. And Jesus himself is that one thing needful. He is that. He is our good portion. So when we find ourselves distracted, when we're anxious and troubled in spirit, time out, time out, it's time to return to Jesus. Take five, do some deep breaths, call on the Lord. He invites us to come to him with all of our troubles and anxious thoughts, all of our worries, all of our cares, all of our burdens. He says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You see, the one who laid down his life for us on the tree of the cross is that one alone who can give us that rest, bestowing upon us something which we long for, which we seek after, but which often proves so very elusive in life. And that is peace. This is the gift that Jesus, who is our Prince of peace, that descendant of Abraham and Sarah, this is the gift he brings. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So as we join Jesus on his mission, looking for how Jesus is at work in our daily lives, wherever that may take us, at home and neighborhood, in our places of work and learning, social gatherings, it's interesting to note that both serving and listening are embodied in those five mission practices, right? Mission practice number two, hearing from Jesus. There it is. Spending time with Jesus like Mary did, sitting at his feet, hearing what he has to tell us hearing from Jesus. But there's also mission practice number four, right? Which is doing good. And that can take many different forms out there, but one of which most assuredly is serving and hospitality as we discover what the needs are of people around us so that we can serve them in Jesus' name. Both are needed, both serving and listening in this community of faith and in our world today. It's not either or, it is both and. At the heart of this is Jesus himself. That one thing which is needed, our good portion, now and forever. Amen.